episode of Three Songs Podcast. Three songs. Three songs. That's right. Three songs. It's three songs. Bobby Mike, it's Bobby Mike. That's right, Three Songs Podcast, episode 142, December 9th, 2020. It's just Bob and Mike tonight, no guests. Yeah, yeah, they ditched us. That's no, okay. They just they, they you know. great, so we'll go back to the standard format. Yeah, we're going old school tonight. You brought three, well, you brought four, which I love. You're going yeah, I got a new, got a new little feature for us tonight that's, that's, um, that's called great. Unknown Artist, Unknown Artist. That's great. That's great. Um, and then I brought three. We're kind of we're kind of going back to our roots. Yeah, in many ways. Yes, including uh, including this song we're going to kick off the show with. Yeah, because I remember being like 12, 13 years old, and I think playing at the Norfolk Scope in in a fa- famous arena in Virginia, Tidewater area. Um, and you know, back then, of course, which we're talking early eighties. Power Rock Radio was what was going on. Yeah. And so. That's right. And they would advertise these concerts that would happen at Richmond Coliseum or, you know, Virginia Beach Pavilion or Norfolk Scope or like, you know, crazy big places that, you know, I can't imagine ever going to see concerts back then. And even like, you know, living here in Des Moines, Wells Fargo Arena, I've never seen a concert in there. And, they used to have them there, and they'll have them again. Um, but one of the artists that was um, they'd have commercials for, and and um, you know, it would be kind of a big deal. Was like a, a Detroit rock and roll legend, and um, and I'll you know I'll talk about it. But this is one of her biggest hits, still going strong at age seventy, I believe, is uh, Susie Quattro. Oh yeah, and this is her, her second um, solo single, which came out in 1973. It's called "Can the Can." Bass player.
Some good old rock and roll right there. Yeah, classic um, fade out there. Yeah. And Tucky's guitar. But <laughs> Susie Quattro, you know, barrier breaker. For sure. You know, bass player and power rock front woman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, interestingly, like, you know, she kind of got big in Europe and the UK. That song actually was co-written by... Um, Mike Chapman and Nikki Chin and an English guy and Australian guy. And the lyrics are amazing. Like, um, well, your sister's got the feline, feline touch. She touches up your mind and your Eagle lover likes his little bit of evil loving all the time. Don't let the cat get into the Eagle's nest at night because the Eagle could say yes without a fight, scratch out her eyes. So like, <laughs> it's basically about like, you know, can the can is like to make make a stand for your man, honey. Try to can the can, put your man. In. So like, if you want him, go and get him. <laughs> you know, so like, Girl power. and that and like you know, Devil Gate Drive. It was just like classic like arena rock from the early seventies. It carried on. This is a you know woman that started playing percussion when she was a little kid. Her big sister Patty had a band called Pleasure Seekers that she played in that eventually became Cradle. But like, it's just a Michigan rock and roll legend. He toured the world and like was just, you know, kind of a badass. Yeah, for sure. Um she, you know, certainly was a, a forerunner to Joan Jett and Pat Benatar. Yeah, yeah. And I think she played with both. Yeah. And um you know she I mean I'm saying like on the same bill. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, yeah, I would imagine. She'd open um, you know, she reminds Pat Benatar from Richmond. Yeah, Pat yeah, Benatar. She's Richmond. Yeah. Um, she reminds me a little bit of, or you know, I mean, she was probably influenced by. You ever heard Fanny? No. Oh, maybe I'll play some Fanny at some point. Fanny were supposedly. Were they Detroit? No, they were like California, I think. Um, but they were supposedly the first woman rock band signed to a major label and they released their first album in 1970 on reprise or reprise or however you say it um but yeah just good old good old rock band um you know total forerunners ahead of their time um kind of like Susie quattro yeah i mean she was on mercury arista Mm -hmm. emi internet i mean she was like you know a world rock star yeah i like that I haven't yeah. heard her in years. Queen uh, of Michigan Rock. And of it just co- took me back to when I was a kid. For sure. Me too. Me too. Uh, well, I'm going to keep it around that same era. I'm going to play a band. Like Susie Quattro's playing. I'm not going to be able to see that. You know, <laughs> you know, 22 and like, you know, be like a proper rock and roll partier. I'm going to play an Ohio so, band. Uh I believe they were from Kent, Ohio. Um, and, you know, certainly played the Cleveland scene. They were the home of Kent State. Yes, they were connected, I'm sure, with Perubu and um, Rocket from the Tombs and, you know, all those Cleveland proto punk, pre punk. There's a lot of that going on in that state. Rockers, yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, like we've played a bunch, but like we have, we have, and and maybe I should have saved this one for if and when Beth Murphy of Times New Viking ever joins us, um, which she still says she's going to. Is she had her? Is she had her baby yet? Uh, no, I don't think she was having a baby. She was getting married. She got married on ten ten twenty. Yeah. So um, well, the honeymoon, the honeymoon should be over. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I mean, who knows? I mean, who knows? You know. Anyway. Uh, For some lucky people, the honeymoon never ends. Uh, that's right. A classic Ohio band. Yes. What are they called? Mid-70s. They 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 call themselves uh, 156075, but they're also known as the Numbers Band. Um, this is from their first record, which was a live record, kind of like the MC5. Uh, their debut LP was a live record. Uh, called Jimmy Bell's Still in Town. It was released, I think self-released even, um, 1976. And the story goes it was recorded live on a show where they opened for Bob Marley and the Whalers. 
I don't know if, right on. I don't know if that's true. You know, there was a power pop band from Australia that was huge, like around the same era called The Numbers. So, like, it was kind of before, like, yeah, yeah, you know, legal issues. I mean, right, right. Who well, got to be The Numbers? Now, of course, like on the last show, you know, I played Numbers, that, like, and that's partly what reminded me of, of, of <laughs> yeah, them. I yeah. haven't, I haven't played. So what, the, the, sorry about that. The Numbers yeah. band, but like, if you find their first album in the original copy. It just says fifteen sixty seventy five, and you're like, "What the hell is that? Is that like, is it like a matrix number?" Um, well, maybe they were trying to duck the fact that you know, because I think numbers were definitely late. They're from Sydney. They were like late seventies, early eighties. I wonder, like, who got there first? But anyways, yeah. they. I guess there was no problem. They, they fifteen sixty seventy five. What in the 50, world? Sounds like 50, it would be like. 1560-75. Yeah, they were very regional. I don't know how much they played outside of the Cleveland area. Um, who knows? But supposedly this was a big influence on Dave Thomas of Perubu. Um, and you can hear it. I mean, they were just a really good rock band um, led by the Kidney Brothers. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Robert Kidney. Is that their real name or is that their punk rock name? I think that's their real name. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but uh, Robert Kidney on uh, guitar and vocals, Jack Kidney on saxophone and uh, <laughs> organ and congas, guitar by Michael Stacy. Just a really good rock band, blues band, pre-punk band. I don't know how you describe it. I'll just play it. Um, yeah, Golden Flashes, baby. This is called About the Eye Game. And it's fifteen sixty seventy five.
listening to um you know we brought the noodlers tonight Kentucky <laughs> and mr kidney we definitely have brought like um precursors to like the noodling of eddie van halen um hendrix and velvet underground kent state style yeah. i mean yeah and it was really cool totally i can hear yeah. that um I'm you sure know, they just wrecked the house live. I mean, right, right. I mean, I can understand well, why they did a live record. I mean, that sounds like the it was smoke recorded. was blue. Yeah, it, it <laughs> sounds like it was recorded yesterday, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. like, but that well, was, most fans would kill to sound like that. Yeah, 1976. Yeah, that came out. Went from 73 to 76. We stayed in the battleground states of Michigan and Ohio. Uh-huh. I think we, which were battleground states back then. Will always be battleground states, right? For sure. Yeah, well, that was cool. Fifteen, sixty, seventy-five. Yeah, never heard it in my life. Yeah, and they're still <laughs> yeah. going. And I mean, for I, they, they, me to that. I think they they put out a record. Uh, I haven't heard their more recent stuff, but I think they put out a record. I want to say a couple years ago. So check them out. No way! Come on. Yeah. <clears throat> How do these people keep doing this? Like. <sighs> Uh, I don't know. Seems like just about everything that gets played from that era, which is when we were children, and we're not young men. Actually, I mean, you know, we're. I guess we're officially middle aged. They put out an album this year. I'm looking at. They're still at it. Yeah. I mean, like. They put out an album. They had to have taken a break. Michael Stacy no longer in the band. I don't even. What know. if it's like their grandkids? Like, are like you know, Grandpa, you rocked. Like, yeah. show me how you rocked, and then they're yeah. like. Oh man, I'm really into this. Like, you know, let's make another record. <laughs> Get the guys together. The Kidney Brothers are still going strong. Robert Kidney and Jack Kidney. They put out an album on their own label um, called Endure. Came out uh, earlier this year. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. You haven't heard any of that, have you? I have not, but uh, I yeah. should now. That, now that I know it's yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if it's anything like that. Uh, I'm yeah. sure they use Pro Tools now and all kinds of stuff. Maybe. Did I don't like, Pro Tools. Like, we talked about that on Three Songs Podcast. Not really. We haven't talked much about the recording process. Yeah, because we don't know what the hell it is. We don't. We're not really <laughs> yeah. musicians. I mean, I've been in recording studios, and so have you. Mm-hmm. Have you been in a recording studio? Mm-hmm. Or have you just been always been like... Because no. you've been a part of like recording situations. Yeah, sure. Not often, not surely, surely not as often as you have, but um, I have. Yeah, but I mean, I completely stayed away from all that, the <laughs> board and everything, even when like, yeah, you know. Right. I mean, the closest I ever came to a soundboard would have been Gary Young with a what was meant to be a 16-track recording studio in his garage that was a 15-track because there was a broken track. And like, Gary was like, it's way better this way. We don't, <laughs> we don't fucking need that because it's just going to be a bunch of shit on it. So he would say, <laughs> <clears throat> and it was like he obviously like fell on it and broke it, you know. Sure. So yeah, well, that's fifteen that's, tracks, man. That's another story for another time, I'm sure. Yeah, you ever notice like one thing I did always notice was is that the snare would be track one. Yeah, that's I, what I, the only thing I ever noticed like <clears throat> like they, and that would be a big thing like how loud should the snare be on the fader. I just tried to stay away because I was always afraid that I was yeah, going to yeah, do something. Yeah, yeah, you might break something or spill, yeah. spill your beer on it. Or, or, or like, end up making a noise that made it, like, need to be re-recorded and completely fuck up everything that was going on. I would stand, like, 8 to 12 feet away, yeah. at least. Yeah. And yeah, I'd preferably be in the other room. Yeah, right. Like, you know, like, you know, Larry Crane, Doug Easley, it's like, they, you know, they kind of know what they're doing. Mitch Easter, like... You know, it's just like, come on now. Like, don't come anywhere near them. Just, like, <laughs> hope for the yeah. best and, like, yeah. Yeah. you know, like, you know, again, this is the non-songwriter Stay out of the approach. way. Yes, exactly. exactly. And even if I'd written the songs, I still would have stayed away. <laughs> Anyways, we'll leave the American Midwest, but we'll sort of stay in the, well, we'll skip to the 80s. Okay. 
We're going to go with some, yeah, 78 to 83, this band existed. Insanely great band. Amazingly dynamic live. You can watch their live footage on YouTube. Really legendary singer Leslie Woods. This is Au Pairs. Their second album, which was sort of a departure from their first. Um, this is this is uh, an album called Sense and Sensuality, released in 1982. I'm quite sure, and they incorporated like more style into this. This is um, Instant Touch by Au Pairs. Birmingham. strong women tonight absolutely yeah uh i can't believe we went 142 episodes before we played au pairs that's the way it goes i mean they always kind of like uh in my musical experience were played alongside like songs of the free by gang of four Mm -hmm. and like um Mm -hmm. they had they brought this like funk but like they were um controversial i mean like they were tackling mostly sexual politics. They were offended by like the way things were and they were men and women and they were overtly sexual and um, just really intense in every way, but just a band that definitely be like in my top 50 list of bands that I wish I would have seen live. And it's amazing to watch the concert footage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, they, they promoted, they, I guess, like, they used to say, like, we promote, like, dangerous dance dance styles, <laughs> you know, so. R- remind me of the slits in a way, like, at least in terms of the subject matter and approach. If Definitely, not, If yeah. not necessarily the music. Um, you know, and, and I think of them in, along the lines of the raincoats and... Um, but definitely, like, really funky, like... Oh, sure, 
sure, sure. that solid gold era and songs of the free era, era of, and you know they were from Birmingham but like stuff that was sort of more like Leeds style mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. no waves but like also like you know they were they were funky in, you know in almost like where little... slits were more like um, ska you know like yeah. they were like funk soul disco well, au pairs yeah almost a little no wave to them <clears throat> even oh definitely yeah you know along the ESG kind of vein yeah and I'm sure with no knowledge you know because of, of ESG but I would assume because I think Who ESG knows? like if they, I don't think they would have played like the UK, right? But those records but might have made it over there. Yeah, there, there's so much music in the UK. I mean, there's, I mean, like seventy six to eighty six, or even like seventy six to eighty. And of course, their records like came out in the early eighties, and they stopped. I don't even know why they stopped. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no idea, but they did do. I mean, like they just quit like i think like the members of unlike the other bands unlike um the other bands that reprise themselves or Susie quattro on the night shows who's still making music and the numbers band from ohio like they definitely like they nipped it in the bud yeah but um yeah, yeah. two amazing albums yeah and um yeah no i don't know why we skipped them over but there you go it's okay you know we, it's okay it, it, it yeah, just sense, goes to sense show. Of sexuality is my. I mean, playing with a different sex would be their entertainment. <clears throat> I mean, I hate to keep like pairing them with Gang of Four, <laughs> but to me, buying the records when I was a kid, like they were just like, man, like how great of a double bill would be like Gang of Four and O pairs. But like, <laughs> I live in Richmond, Virginia. I don't live in Birmingham, London. You know, Glasgow. You know, like right. so. I'm sure like people have our age group saw both of those bands and like had their minds. I have to talk to Sean MacArthur about that because he saw a lot of things that I would have dreamed of seeing. Mm-hmm. And he's a few years older than I am. Mm-hmm. But, like he saw so many things like he'll be like, Oh yeah, I saw them once. And I was like 15. There's like 23 people there. It's, <laughs> it was madness. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you have some of those stories too. Uh, yeah, I mean, we think we've shared an abundance of them, mm-hmm. both of us, in our own way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, there's always... But like, going to gigs, like, as an English kid in the 70s and 80s must have been, like, you didn't know what you're getting yourself into. And, like, no. you know, because geographically, like, we've talked about this on the show, like, being on the East Coast and you on the West Coast, like... I mean, I was less limited than you were because Richmond is like sort of ideally positioned, like yeah, south of DC, not far from New York. So, like bands would like thankfully come through Richmond, you know, right? And um, it was just a matter of me figuring out a way to sneak out and go, mm-hmm. you know, because like they were playing in parts of town where um, I wasn't really allowed to go so <laughs> and i'd always have to be home by midnight so like a lot of times i would just see the opening bands and the headliner would come on like and i was very determined to make it home to not get in trouble so i could go back out again you know <laughs> mm-hmm. and my my mother was i imagine she still would be like the kind of person that would like would not go to sleep until the car pulled in the driveway right right my sister was cool too. She took me to a lot of stuff. She's a couple years older. Yeah, Mary. Mary. But like, now I got out far more than I should have as a kid. Um, far, and my mother, um, I discouraged her from listening to the show because she would, she would find. I don't even know. I think I don't. I don't even know how she'd react. But like, I guess I sort of got away with like a lot. I got caught a few times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I but, didn't. You know, I didn't really. Did you ever go... have to sneak around? I mean, that would have been part of the excitement. Like, it's like, you know, Richmond was like, and I think I mentioned this on the show, like in the top five in the country in terms of murder rate. Like, there's like the clubs, 
where usually, whether it be Hard Times Cafe or Going Bananas or, you know, Rockets or they were in like, like the area which comprises like VCU right now, like used to be like, you know, suburban teenagers weren't supposed to go there sort Mm -hmm. of thing. Mm -hmm. So there was this kind of like naughtiness and taboo just by like walking the streets there sort of. You know, like Des Moines doesn't really have that. Like, right. You know, I mean, but where you grew up, like, that wasn't, was there parts of town like you had to avoid? Well, in LA, certainly. Um, You know, I grew up in West LA and then, you know, but, but when I was like eight or so, moved out to kind of the suburbs. So in that area, like, no, it was all kind of fine, you know. There wasn't. Really... And there was gigs. There was gigs to go to out there. Uh no, 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 no. I don't think there. So, were... Like, if you went to go see a band when you were seventeen years old, where would you have to go? Yeah, you know, you'd have to go into L.A. You'd go to. So you would. So like. Oh yeah, uh, you know, I I I saw a few shows at. Is the, your mother cool with that? At the whiskey, like wandering around like parts of L.A. Um. Yeah, she was generally okay with it. I mean, because she knew, like, I was, I was the youngest of three. Right, yeah, yeah, Fred. My older brother and sister were a little bit more, uh, how should we put it? Not not bad kids, but they were well, the Fred ones. Fred was a rock and roller. He, he was, was a like, rock and roller. Several years old was it. They were the ones again? more likely, yeah, he was, I mean, my brother was like nine years older than me, nine and a half years he older than me. He opened up a lot of doors for you to like have mm-hmm. that freedom. Oh, yeah, oh, for sure. And same with yeah. my sister. Um, yeah. You know, they were both... What's her name again? Uh, her name is Mary as well. They were That's both... Right. Yeah, um, right. You know, they weren't... Uh, like I said, they weren't bad kids at all, but they were not... Um, they weren't straight-A students, and they got into a bit of trouble. And I was... I was the kid that, you know, always did my homework, kept my nose clean, got good grades. And so that also bought me a lot of... Uh, freedom as well um and well earned yeah and so i think i can't say that about myself i it 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 allowed me to say you know i'm going to a show with some friends of mine my mom knew the friends were she knew we weren't drinking doing drugs smoke you know like you know we were keeping our nose clean and we you know we were being responsible so it like i had a bit of freedom at the same time it's not like i was not coming home you know spending the night somewhere or, yeah, no, I always came home. Did yeah. you have a curfew? Um, no, I never really had a curfew. It was more just like as long as you tell me where you're going and as long as it's all cool, like I'm cool with it too. So I just had yeah. a lot of a, a lot of freedom, but at the same time I didn't take advantage of it. Like it's rare that I would go to a show like that because a lot of them were not all ages. Many of them were 18 and older. Many of them are 21 Yeah, no, I got into shows too, like just by being... You know, when you, I think we have this very much in common. Um, we were obviously there to see the music, and so we weren't going to cause any trouble. And I didn't drink. Right. You know, um, until I was 18, and then like nearly 18 and a half. Mm-hmm. So, like, that was never a concern. Yeah. Um, Same here. You know, so that helped our cause. Like, if we'd gotten in trouble for drinking, then they, I think, you know, the situation would have been different. Absolutely. Like they, so they didn't have to Absolutely. worry about that. Absolutely. And, and you know, I just didn't have any opportunities because there were very few all-ages shows that I wanted to go to. But occasionally there were some, um, you know. and I, I, See, Richmond had that. Richmond had all-ages matinees. And like, yeah. Richmond was awesome. They didn't, they didn't have a lot of those in, in Southern California, at least that yeah. I was tapped into. Um but, but yeah, once I, once I got to college, I started going to see a lot more shows, because uh, I was a little, oh, obviously yeah. a little older, the 18 and older shows I could go to. Um, oh, I just completely free to roam. Yeah. I mean, I was traveling all around the eastern half of the United States going to see bands when I should be going to classes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. I, I hear you. Uh, He'd right. have been with me. Let's play some music. He'd been in the back seat of the car. I would have. I would have been right yeah. there with you. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just four years y- younger. Um, yeah. So I'm going to play something current. We've been playing some older stuff, uh, but I'm going to jump forward something that came out 
boy, I want to say this came out about a month ago. When was it released? Uh, November 20th. So less than a month ago. Yeah. Two weeks ago. Fresh. Brand, brand spanking new. This is a L.A. artist by the name of Jack Name. I don't, Jackie Name. Jack Name. I don't know if that's his real name or if that's just his artist name. But either way, uh, he put out an album called Magic Touch. Uh, on uh, Mexican Summer Records, and it's really it's kind of a big label, sort of, right? Yeah, I, mean, I think so. One of those big-ish indie labels. Um, he's had yeah. a couple other other albums come out, maybe on other labels. I don't know. I, I don't know a whole lot about him. Um, I just I heard this um, new album, and I thought it was really beautiful and really well done, and um, just really been enjoying it. So I'm going to play a song from it called. Do you know I don't know? Uh, <laughs> and this is this is a sort of unique one in that it's a duet with a woman. Ah, boy, I should check. I should look and see so that I'm giving her due as well. Who the woman is that sings with him on it? Um, uh, boy, oh, don't, don't worry about it. You'll please share the song. I don't know. That. Yeah. I do know. I do, I do know he's from Europe. He's from Europe. Yeah, he's like from. I don't know when he came to L.A., but, okay. like, huh. European kid. And he's, like, he's no kid. He's, like, you know, in his 30s. Right. Yeah, I mean, he's been around for a little while. Yeah. Um, I think this is his third full length. Do you know? I don't know.
Yeah, Jack Name. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's a very good record. The whole whole album is really good start to finish. And he recently did are you familiar with um you know that that uh site Aquarium Drunkard? Yeah. Uh, I do actually. Do you know they have this? Uh, I guess it's a series called the Lanyap Sessions. Yeah, Lanyap. Yep. Yeah. Uh, That's a drink, I think. Is it? Um, I think so. It, uh, it it focuses on artists doing covers of other songs, and he did a, a session recently where he covered, among other things, Ween and Jimi Hendrix, "The Wind Cries Mary." Um, Cool little session, really good album, uh, Magic Touch. Yeah, and you know, Mexican Summer is, I mean, Ariel Pink and yeah. Conan Moccasin, Jessica Pratt, Kate LeBon was on there. Mm-hmm. Best Coast, that's a band I've never listened to that's huge. Best Coast. Um, Best Coast is uh, Bethany Constantino, I think is her name, and Bob Bruno. Bob Bruno was in a number of different um, kind of more avant-garde bands in LA and for a while was roommates with um, Nels Klein, my, my buddy Nels. And I remember going over and hanging out with Nels, Nels's house and, and Bob would just be hanging, hanging out and um, really nice guy. And, and now best coast is, you like the best coast, right? Um, I, I like what I've heard. I'm not terribly familiar with them. They're pretty poppy, um, you know, well-written, well-crafted kind of indie pop songs with a female singer. You know, Bethany's the singer, songwriter. Um, Seems like that's kind of like Mexican Summers. That's a, it's a Brooklyn label. Yeah, huh. <clears throat> but um, they've got it going on. They do. There. They do. Check out that Jack Name record, Magic Touch. It's really good. Yeah, thank you for playing that one. Fresh wax, <laughs> some fresh music. Yeah, and I'm gonna introduce a new feature on the show. I like it. Unknown artists, unknown yeah. artists. You know, like um, people that don't have records, don't have vinyls, that are still in like full-on cassette slash Bandcamp mode, and um, hopefully figuring out a way to get over the top. I'm gonna start in the great city of Groningen. In the Netherlands, home of the Vera Club, one of the yeah. greatest rock and roll clubs in the world. Still going strong. I was happy to see when I checked the website that they've been doing a lot of stuff. Um, not, not with anybody in attendance, but they actually have sort of booked it pretty heavily for like late spring, early summer. So hmm. they're going to reinvigorate themselves. So I'm going to play <clears throat> local heroes in Groningen. We're very current, a band called We Are Joiners, J-O-I-N-E-R-S, and um, it's a, uh, it's a, off their new cassette, which is on their, I don't know if it's their label or some cool dude in Groningen, totally real, and the, uh, the cassette is called Clients and Carriers, and this is a song called Metal Mouth by We Are Joiners. Oh 
Oh, we are joiners. That was that was really cool. Um, Metal Mouth. I think I think they like their Jay Mascus. Jay Mascus. I definitely hear a little. Um, it's huge there. Little little tall dwarfs. Juniors. Yeah, yeah. Um, kind of that home home recording, lower fi, quirky pop song, short tune. But that was cool. Is is all their stuff like that? All their stuff's on Bandcamp. There's there's some variety. There's some okay. dynamics and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You know, like like they're I would they say have slow songs and and I, fast songs and yeah, they, I, mean, I think they've got you know there's a whole bunch of material on Bandcamp. I've listened to a lot of it. <clears throat> um, cool. You know, they're a cool band that you'd want to see live. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds sort of like amped up uh, acoustic stuff in a way. Like yeah, there's like, definitely some acoustic going on. I think the um, the singer dudes um, like plays the acoustic and sings. And, like I like the straightforward drumming, mm-hmm. you know, because always makes me feel like I could sit in with We Are Joiners. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's not. You know, whoever's playing it's, the drums is like, you know, doesn't mess with the tunage. I like that. Like you know. You're saying like they're not session jack off with some rules. They're not session musicians brought in, you know, like these sharpshooters brought in to record and then take, you know, it's not the Steely Dan crew. (laughs) No, come on, (laughs) you know, it's just cool kids in in Holland. You know, I I like that, Uh, and and I I believe they're regular listeners of the podcast. So thank you. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, that was that was really cool. Yeah, and like you know, you can check out all their stuff on Bandcamp. We are Joiners Bandcamp page. Awesome. So. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to shift gears a little bit, and I'm going to yeah. Go... So you know what you're going to do right now? I know what you're going to do. You know what I'm going to do. You're going to yeah. Well, I know what you're going to do. You're going to like. I played M.G. Clark on Brokers Tip Records, and you came with uh, Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> now you're going to like. I play We Are Joiners from. <laughs> <laughs> who have more probably more of a following than. Then M.G. Clark on Brooker's Tip. Yeah. They've got a falling groan again. You're going to hit us with like one of the all-time heavyweights of, of music in general. So, yeah. I, 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 I am, and I apologize in advance. But, at, you know, at least... At M.G. Least, does not accept your apology. At least M.G. and We Are Joiners did not have to follow uh, Jimi Hendrix and Aretha Franklin, who I'm going to play next, um, who... You know, I'm sure you and I don't have anything really to add to the story of Aretha Franklin and who she is and her impact on music. So I'm just going to play something kind of from her earlier career where um, it's maybe not as well known. Um, you know, prior, I think she really made her mark once she moved to Atlantic Records. Uh, and prior to that, she was on Columbia and did a number of, you know, really quite good records. A lot of them had strings. A lot of them were, you know, even, uh, dare I say, like some of the classics, you know, like she would do covers of Moon River. She would do covers of, um, you know, a lot of these almost jazz uh, standards. But I wanted to play one of her songs that I think kind of shows the spunk and... um, Kind of hints at uh, always had that right. She she did yeah. And it, this no, is a, she's alive. No, she passed away a couple of years ago. Did she? Yeah, she did. She died in in two thousand eighteen. Yeah. yeah, she 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 yeah she I had cancer. Yeah. Um, God bless her. Well, yeah. she lived to be definitely in her late seventies, didn't she? She did. Yeah, she had she had cancer. She I think she was not doing my well bad for, there I for a little while. She died. I, I always forget that legends die. Right. Right. And, um, I just assume that, like you know, they're still humming along. Like, yeah, yeah. no, sadly she's not with us. Um, but she left us a lot of amazing music, and so I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go back to 1967. This was one of her later ones on Columbia. Uh, I think a year or two later, or maybe even that same year, she jumped to Atlantic. Um, this might be her, her last Columbia album. Uh, from Take a Look is the name of the album. The song is called. Well, nobody's checking. I didn't even know that. I didn't. I forgot she died. Yeah. Well. Yeah. She. I feel bad now. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay, Bob. It's okay. I get it. Um. Yeah. The, the song's called Lee Cross. Uh, it's kind of an upbeat one. In you know, 
I'm a sucker for any any song that has hand claps. So here you oh, go. Oh yeah. Aretha. <laughs> Aretha's both, I think, celebrating and warning us about Lee Cross there. Absolutely. <laughs> I think I think really the most amazing thing about her career, which is just insane, um, is that she was able to continually like remake herself with whatever the styles were in music, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. like because she did everything. Mm-hmm. Like she, I mean, like so that's like you know more traditional Aretha, but like she could like go through the synth pop era, like who's zooming who? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, like she just like, whatever she did, she's just had that magic touch. I mean, Bruce Springsteen's <clears throat> uh, pink Cadillac. Uh, yeah. But just whatever, like wherever she popped up, mm-hmm. it's like, she could just like insert herself into whatever, like the zeitgeist was of music at the time. You know, of course she didn't do what you she didn't do like a lot of what we listened to, like, you know, lo-fi or anything like that. It was always just, like big, but like, just, like whatever was big, like she could just like handle it and like often be better than like people who were like, you know, the Kings of the moment. Well, and she had that the incredible queens, voice. The Queens of the moment. That incredible voice. And she would, I think she was incredibly adept at taking someone else's song and making it her own you know yeah to the point where you certainly don't think of or most people don't think of respect as an otis redding song anymore it's an no they think of it that's her that's like you know no it's her song and respect is a good example of a song that was written by a man about you know when i come home i want you to give me respect 
and she flipped it on its head and made it almost this feminist anthem, you know? Uh, yeah. And that's not easy to do. And I mean, it's like I said, I, I don't really have a whole lot to add that hasn't already been said about Aretha, but um, she's just such a legend and so amazing in so many different eras and it's all incredible. Um, I'm just, a, I'm a huge fan and, and, you know, I mean, like you said, she's not one that we're going to like introduce listeners to necessarily. No, but, no, but, not at all. It's interesting that you picked that one. But I, I would have picked like Rock Steady or something. You know? Yeah, I mean, you know, something like Rock Steady, I think, is a little bit even a little bit more known. It's almost one of her hits. I just wanted yeah. to play a song that I really enjoy of hers that maybe a lot of the listeners haven't heard. Kind of the corners of her catalog. So. Yeah. Well, fantastic. Thanks, Mike. Yeah. I didn't expect you to pull out the Aretha, but <laughs> you never know. You never I'll take know. you to Poland. I think I don't think we've ever gone to Poland. You go from like essentially like a Detroit legend to Poland, yeah. Southern Poland. Ayla <laughs> uh, Orleans, um, who's a multi-talented artist. She makes films. Like she's a photographer. She's a singer. She's an unusually talented person. And this is from her 2009 album called Lost. And this is a song called um, Better Friends. Ayla, Ayla Orleans.
Yeah, visual artist, filmmaker. She, and uh, just really pretty, pretty music. Is she based in London now? Is that right? I don't know. I, th- and I know she was in New York for a time. Mm. <clears throat> yeah. It seems like she Big might city. be might be london based or at least her that album that you played that song from it's from an album called lost and that's it's from a uk label yeah but that doesn't mean anything yeah i guess that's true it yeah i know she's in like a band called Hasselhound, which is popular like her own solo music like um she herself describes it as movies for ears so like it's she uh, it's she has an amazing voice. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. Um, kind of mood music. Is it all sort of like that? Like like kind of ambient? Most of her almost? solo stuff is like that. Yeah, most of it. Yeah. Um, it's I definitely... Even, I hate to use the word ethereal. Yeah, no, um, I can see it. It's It's definitely got a bit of a vibe to it. But she's done it all. I mean, she's like... And she's a pretty famous DJ as well, but like... She's like a major tastemaker and um, one of Poland's finest. Well, looking at her... The Three Songs Pod. Looking at her Bandcamp page, she's listed as being uh, in Glasgow. So, Yeah, good choice. She, it's, I guess she jumps all over the world. Because you're you right. You never know what she means. I'm in Des Moines, you're in Portland. and like you know. That's true. Um, the, uh, Imagine her travel's limited this year, unfortunately, because... The album that you just played from Lost 2009 was recorded in New York, so you might be right that she was she was living there. Definitely there the for a, for a yeah. while for sure. Yeah, cool. I'll check her out. I, I'm completely unaware, so thank you for opening my ears. Yeah, you know, um, Brass Bed, my my friends Brass Bed from Louisiana. Like, um, I found out about her from them, and um, but uh, you know, that's usually what it takes for me like yeah. somebody else has to say have you heard this right. you know well, so. that's and that's exactly what we're doing here right yeah hey, hey bob have you heard this hey mike have you heard this yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so thank you and yeah and my pleasure yeah thanks thank for thanks for uh shaking things up a little bit by bringing a new feature to the show i like that yeah we'll do that i've got a, like you know a list of um young artists that i want to salute that you know deserve to be played on three songs podcast fantastic yeah there'll be more of that and you can do that you can do it too like you know oh i will i I don't even need your permission (laughs) yeah yeah i mean like you know generally like you know there's some background but you know a lot of these cases like you know there's hundreds of thousands of bands out there and like you know the amazing platform that Bandcamp and you can just do anything and like put it up mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. or send it in like give it a listen and like you know the label itself like your label little brother and broker's tip like we're in the position where we can't like really um keep putting out records <laughs> right <laughs> but we'll definitely um play it on the podcast in case whoever's listening out there has more of a budget, mm-hmm. <laughs> shall mm-hmm. I say, mm-hmm. for releasing new music. But um, right. well, I mean, anyways, for, yeah, We Are Joiner is cool, man. For me, it's been 20 years since I put out a record, so. Yeah, for me, it's been about a week. 12 days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Times are tough. I need my bands to go, you know, uh, just like every situation in music, we need, you know, live music to make to come back and like, yeah, you know, that kind of thing. So hopefully that'll happen like, um. Sooner than later, 2021. Right, right. Bring it on, bring it on. Yeah, it, it can so. it can only get go up from here. Well, thank yeah. you, thank Dick, you again. Dick Clark's Bob. Rock and Eve will be pretty crazy this year. <laughs> yeah, yes, <laughs> yes, with masks. Uh, yeah, thank you, sir. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Stay healthy. Yeah. Love you, man. Yeah, love you too. Yeah, take care of yourself. Yeah, and thank you, everyone. Be well.